Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today is season three, episode six, titled The Climb. Climb! Climb! Written by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Alec Sakharov, who is responsible for many a great episode in this show. Um, he was the director of photography in there and the cinematographer in the pilot, the second episode, the penultimate episode of season one, Baylor, and the finale of season one. Okay. Yep. yep. Dude's got a visual sensibility. <laughs> um, Good track record there. Yes, indeed. And he directed What is Dead May Never Die in season two, which, if I recall correctly, that's the one with the shot of uh, of Theon, like, sitting in the dark with Episode nothing but the... three, yeah. yeah, I gave. Tyrion sets up his rat trap. Okay, that that was my scene. Your scene was Yorin tells Arya about Willem. Mm. Let's see. What is that? I'm trying to just think of what happened in there. But I gave Alfie Allen the performance, actually, yeah, for the yeah, episode. So That was a big... That was when Theon yeah. chose his side. Mm. But good? Uh, that makes sense, because this episode was also very... This dude's got... The dude's got visually, the shit on him. Yeah. Visually, it was it was nice. Yeah, um, he's a he's a visual he's a visual storyteller because wow this one was fucking pretty. But uh, how many are we? Or is it the max locations? Because I don't. I, there was no Danny this episode, right? No, there's nothing not, it's far yeah, from nothing the max locations. There. In fact, it'll be rather short uh, compared yeah. to the rest because we spend so much runtime with one goal and one storyline: uh, climb up a big ass wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much there's all some, they do. It's, yeah, it's just get some boots on, go up the wall, and once you get up there, kiss, and that's pretty much that all that happens. Yeah, like, you know, at, someone, at tries, someone screen, will so. try to take you out, and that's okay. You know, <laughs> we, we, we overcome that. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, what do you say we get yeah, into yeah. it then? Ah, let's do it. Let's do it. What I really enjoyed about this episode is that for like the first 20 minutes, we do nothing but bounce back and forth between North of the Wall and uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners, which I thought was just a brilliant choice and a really good choice for their pacing. However, our breakdown will start in King's Landing. So, uh, in King's Landing, Lord Tywin Lannister is meeting with Lady Olenna to discuss having Sir Loras marry his daughter Cersei. And, you know, they go back and forth. Olenna's like, well, she's a bit fucking old at this point, you know? She might not Mm. be able to have children. (laughs) Uh, Menopause will be on her before long. I'll spare you the details of, you know, or whatever. Them, these two right here. They can fucking... They can They're go the only toe to toe, two, baby. the only two right now, I think. Like, I, I was trying to think because Varys, Olena was slam dunking on Varys. Yeah. Like, Varys could not hold his speed. Tyrion can't really hold, well, I give Varys a little more, actually. Varys was okay, but still Olena was, was dominating. She was stunning his ass, yeah. Tyrion, 
Olena was no fucking r- ran through Tyrion. And like, so I was trying to think of other people in the realm right now that could actually stand up and talk to Olena like Tywin does here. Like, who else right now could actually keep up? Even uh, so, you know, and that's the that's mm-hmm. the line that Olena delivers. You know, it's very rare that a man lives up to his <laughs> reputation. Uh, he gets so this, like what's so fascinating about this interaction between Olena and Tywin is that Olena is really graceful. She's mm-hmm. really good about dancing around the topics and kind of getting to the point and so on and so like getting to the point without saying it outright. And Tywin is head down. I'm going to fucking talk about it. And that's why they that's why they butt heads mm-hmm. so masterfully is because mm-hmm. he is so straight to the point saying it exactly <laughs> as it is. Yeah. Or at least how he thinks it is. It's his sheer brashness and confidence mm-hmm. that gets him through yeah. through interactions. It's while the Elena, uncertainty that's yeah. uncomfortable for you. Let me remove yes. it for you, he says. Yeah, like, oh, I don't know. Like, they're, they're I was really expecting – I kind of forgot how this went, you know. And it, it, the way I was expecting it to go is, like, I'm expecting Olena to slam dunk Tywin here as well. You know, I, I'm. she's just made the runs through everyone. And it kind of seemed that way. Like, they were playing it. To give her kind of the upper edge in the conversation at first, and and, and then like probably won the conversation. He's he got the power to make the, things the happen altercation. Yeah, yeah, the the bigger implication Tywin won, but of the conversation, Elena won because mm-hmm. whenever she, it starts to get you know like it's not very uh you, you know this removing the stain um of being yeah. gay you know having that and then Elena's like well I don't think uh incest uh. You know, removes or comes out as easily and either. Oh, and then dude, he goes, and the way she's like, like, she pokes and prods at him. She's like, <laughs> you know, you and your, you and your friends when you were younger. Yeah. It's perfectly you, natural you for boys to take a tumble. Little cousins, little, you know, yeah. never, never once. No, and I, that was, I don't know. Tywin is a. I think he's just brashly homophobic. You know, I think that's kind of all it is. Uh, yeah, but I could see like, um, if. I don't know. There was some. That's his secret, you know. Like every Lannister has some secret, you know, to them. Uh, uh, Cersei and Jaime, it's you know, their, their, you know, their their secret. But then his secret is that he's he's just secretly closeted gay, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's so, I don't know. Like I, I think that'd just be hilarious. That like that's why him and his wife, I don't know. Like they never had kids, just because he can never get it up. You know, he right. himself, he can never. I don't know, but like he, I don't know, he eventually got there. But oh, I don't know. I was right. just. I was because it, it seemed that she knew something that Elena kind of. It oh, could see, just be generalized. That. It's very yeah. general. Is like people just grow up, and that's just what happens. But I didn't know that. That's I didn't know if it was that she was trying to poke at his past specifically. Uh, I don't um, know if it was specifically his. I took it as Olena knew how to push his buttons. Yeah, uh, because of the way that he was talking about Loris, she knew he would get extremely. He would, oh. move, past, he would move past the topic. Oh, I didn't see that. That's what um, I didn't see. I thought that she was just talking about it as, in general and being like, "Yeah, it's obvious. It's it's obvious. It's natural to see how my how Loris can come about to what he was doing." But also, I thought it was maybe something in the back of mm. being like, "I also know something about you," and like, but I, it's definitely just. He's so homophobic that it's so uncomfortable for him to even talk about so that he just wants right to move. It. Oh my yeah. god, how did I not he'll okay. move right past it? And it breach it branches straight into a topic for her to talk about mm. because building oh, off of that yeah. is when she goes the stain. You want to talk about a stain? 
well, how about brothers and sisters? Okay. That's not cool, you know, like, yeah, wow. so that was an example of her turning his hatefulness <laughs> around and making it her advantage, which was brilliant. Ooh. Diana Rigg again. Wow, just, I didn't even see that. That's yeah, that's even better. Yeah, because like Elena is fantastic. Because overall, I guess, you know, the feathers broken Tywin, you know, he got what he wanted, you know, mm. and it, it might be my line. The a rare thing, a man that lives up to his reputation. That was good. Uh, that was it, good. Just pretty, I don't know, even accepting defeat, but still having, like, winning, I don't know. She won the conversation there, and, like, definitely put Tywin in his seat, but Tywin's just, he happens to be the Hand of the King. But yeah, he forces he forces her into a corner. Says, you know, yeah. I'll make Loras a knight of the king's guard, which will forsake all lands and the inheritance to Highgarden. It'll pass to Joffrey and Marjorie's kids, and that'll be that. You you cool with that? And she's I mean, like, smart. No, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, like, and and she's like, yeah, right. Like he'll defend Joffrey, and he's like, well, he's a decorated soldier, and he follows his vows very seriously. So I like, know yeah, he's like. He's like, I might not fuck with him on a personal note, but I know he's a good knight. So, like, Damn. and it's like, this. and he, he he was, I don't know, because the Charles Dance, he has the possibility of getting the performance, but he's like the the lowest on the tier for this episode for me for my nods. Um, I think he did really great here, and it was, you know, he didn't have to yell. There was no yelling. It was, or I guess, for a little bit when he got, you know, offended. But like, I don't know. It was just he. He's very, every time we have seen him, he's always been doing something badass or he's carving a stag and, or I don't, doing, doing something, this but this time, attention. yeah, this, this, he, he needed to talk to her and he needed to get through it. And he was like, but then he had the pencil and paper ready, you know, or quill and paper, yeah, quill. ink and quill or yeah, uh, he had, he had it at the ready and you know, that's like. That's his weapon right now. Not the sword yeah. isn't you know the it just was and it was nice to see the sword for yeah. him. Yeah, so I like the just the whole scene was aw- it was just a super awesome scene. Don't the two big families that are fighting right now at King's Landing like all of it doesn't you know it's just mm. it's really good. Ah, oh, yeah, it's really but good. I don't know. I don't think he'll get the performance. Not actually. I just wanted to give him. Just, I guess, quite, the flowers for this ep- for this. He doesn't quite get it for me, but yeah, he's that. This is another great episode, and for the example of just everyone's so good at playing the character they've been playing, you know, um, all across the board. Diana Rigg is Olena, Charles dances Tywin mm-hmm. in that scene. Joe, both just perfect in that role. But uh, next up, we are heading to the gardens where Sansa Stark is trying to get closer <laughs> to Loras. Um, by discussing their wedding, their impending wedding. And Loris is very, you know, he's he's quite clearly uninterested. Um but brightens when the discussion of a lavish wedding is planned. Uh you know, and Sansa for once becomes suspicious when she realizes that Loris seems to be more excited by the food and the wedding than by her. And he's like, Of course the bride, of course. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Oh yeah. And the bride. I forgot. Oh yeah, duh. That that uh, small detail of, of the wedding. And then he like um, plans her wedding dress and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, no, oh now let me say the, the straight things that I need to say now. You yeah, know, ba- exactly. like literally. I don't know. It was I I it's just hilarious how he's just sitting there and Sansa's like, Oh, what a great what a beautiful pin you have on. He's like It's more, more of a, of a brooch, really. Bro. You know, how I, it's just not even like I don't know, it's just she's trying so hard to flirt. You yeah, know, she's, like, well, she's so, just trying to like, get him to talk yeah. at all. Yeah, no, you know, and like that is a lovely uh, pin. He's like, it's more of a brooch. 
Though I suppose well, a brooch is a type yeah, of pin, I guess it's really. Like a pin. Yeah, I guess, yeah. He's just so, like, I don't know. It's not, I, I don't know. I think it's handled just so well here. I just oh, feel so dude. bad for Sansa, though. You know, like, she's, oh, like, yeah. she's been, at like, promised Loras and, like, oh, I'm going to plant the idea and it's going to be so amazing, you two. And then, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. They get a walk together, though, at the end. So they, they probably take a nice stroll yeah. in the gardens and stuff. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I do love um, me some Finn Jones as Loris Tyrell as well. I think he's incredible. And Sophie Turner, again, does a great job as Sansa in this one. Mm. Um, just the way, yeah, like whenever he does get up and offers him, offers her his hand to like go for a walk, the like excitement on her face and stuff. Yeah. She's really good at it. But, uh, you know, she she makes it clear that before they came to King's Landing, she had never even left Winterfell. Um, so just, sad. It's where she'd always yeah. been. It's like and, so sad. Like, yeah, before I came here, I've never left Winterfell. And then like yeah. he knows that she's never been anywhere else and she's been here and like just and been a prisoner been here the whole time. And it's like, well, ah. and then like he in another roundabout way, you know, like she, he's obviously not being tortured in the same way that Sansa has been. But like he can't be himself. Yeah. You know, like in the in the public eye, he he is mm-hmm. a prisoner to the way things are. So like. You know, when he, he agrees that the Red Cape, the Red Keep is the most terrible place there is. That is that is true full common ground that they both share. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I fucking hate it here, man. Like, this oh, yeah. is, yeah, we were just talking far away from this place. That'd be ideal. about like a, a relationship out of duty, you know, like how, you know, with Din and Bo, like this one, it feels like it's even more out of duty. No romance at all, because one just doesn't feel that way. You know, Sansa feels that way, but like it's more out of just like the the idea of him and not like yeah. out of his actual person. But yeah, like, she, I feel like enough time with him to know that. Yeah, this would be like the opposite completely. They, they'd be together, you know, out of duty only. And then maybe it's not like love still, but it maybe just be Loras as like protect, you know, like seeing it'd be, like it'd more be of the, just a protection. Uh, Rhaenyra and, just, and yeah. Oh, per- oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, but I'd hope, uh, I don't know. That just didn't seem Rhaenyra wasn't treating, I don't know. That one didn't seem fully right. It, it was okay, <laughs> but there was, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, Something struck you as wrong about it. I get you. There was, it, it didn't seem, I don't know, I guess. Um, yeah. But, uh, that, that's, I, I don't know. I didn't even, how did I not think of that analogy before that, though? That's more perfect. Per- more, perfect. Yeah, yeah. The exact In universe exactly here already. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, next up, we've got Cersei and Tyrion observing the couple. From up in Cersei's chambers overlooking the garden. And Tyrion sarcastically asks, which of the four of them has it the worst? You know? Mm. Uh, I gotta think it's Sansa, but I'm sure that Loras will come to know a certain specific sort of misery over the over the next several years. Uh, a, a, a truly singular misery, as he puts it, which I absolutely loved. I thought that was an extremely funny line. But... uh he then, you know, he branches the topic and he's like, all right, get to the meat of the matter here. Mm. Um, so I just want you to answer yes or no. Mm. Honestly, tell me, did you have me? Ki- did you try to have me killed during the Battle of Blackwater? No. And answer. this <laughs> is what gave Lena Hetty my performance. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's okay. Because, this makes sense. Yeah. Okay. No. There's a. 
there's a certain essence to her when she, you know, I like the way she's, she's not like, uh, like I've said before, every scene with Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey together is a fucking gold mine. Mm. And, uh, they continue it here. And the, mm. when he asks the way she just sits there, there's this look on her face where she, you can tell this is one of those examples of like acting and showing, mm. not telling. Mm-hmm. You can tell she wishes she could say yes. Yeah. She's oh, like, yeah. She's like, for the love of God, I wish I did. That was and, not me though. My son is a fucking idiot. And I mean, but it, I think, what does he say at the very end? Like, oh yeah, is my life still in danger? Yes. Probably. Like she, like that was like, I don't know. She was like at any, like, like you're right. Like she's like, she lo- she wants to get anything out that is like, man, yeah, I, w- I wish, I don't know. Like it, Oh, I didn't even think about her for like performance here, but like, well, yeah, cause it is action. A, it's, it is, it's not, yeah, it is just like it's her one movements it's and like her, painful. her yeah. fa- Oh, wow. Yeah. No, she, yeah, she did. does a really good job, but there's like this, uh, there's this essence to the scene too that almost made me go with Cersei for the character because this is displayed on several occasions. She hates Tyrion, but she will not kill him. Mm. like that's that's a that's a level she won't she won't stoop to there's something like about there's something about the lannister name and the the blood they shared that prevents her from going yeah i'm gonna kill your ass because like in season seven whenever he's the one who goes up to her chambers privately she has every reason to kill him she he's betrayed the cause he's working Mm. for a different queen he's like and he's like you have to go north you have to defend against the White Walker threat. And he knew he knew very well he was risking his life. Because there's no reason seemingly for him for her not to kill him then. And she doesn't. So there's just this there's this mm-hmm. air to them that's really fascinating where they both just despise each other, but neither of them wishes the other dead, which is just a really, really interesting dichotomy when in a show where people when they hate each other, kill each other. It's fascinating when they yeah. hate each other and refuse oh. to kill each other. Yeah, it's like just Cersei's ex, you know, uh, I see Tyrion just being like, yeah, I, I hate the things you do. I think Tyrion's hate for Cersei is more, more of just time. the hate that she has for him. And like, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's just that he's, if the, if he was allowed to love her and have a good relationship with her, I think he would. Oh, um, I think it's, and it's Cersei's more of just her fault. Yeah. I think it maybe she doesn't go that far. Is it just because they're blood, you know? And it's just like you are my sibling, and like I love one of my siblings more than anyone else in the whole yeah. world. And then you're just that's my where, blood. Like I'm not going to kill you, or like um, that's where my money's at. Just because like there there is nothing else holding her back. You know, she's stated on so many occasions that she despises him. You know, like. Mm-hmm. And she clearly has murderous intent on numerous occasions. That's so it's true. like, so like, that's the only thing I can possibly think of. There's also the fact that, like I said, these interactions between Lena Hetty and Peter Dinklage, I didn't realize how frequent they are in early seasons. And when Jamie's not there, she kind of fucking needs it. Ah, uh, okay. You know, yeah, like, she, yeah, she that makes needs, sense. 
but when are we going to get him back? Yeah, she, she says it even here. Like, but when are we going to get him back? You yeah, know, you know, like, like she's kind of going a little crazy. Like, yeah, like he's mm. the only person she can be honest with about this thing because she knows while they despise each other, he still wouldn't go that low. He might do it to uh, hurt her father. He might do it to hurt her, but he would never do that to hurt Jamie like expose that to hurt Jamie. And he knows that that would immediately lessen their family name. It would hurt them in the war. It would make everything founded. So he can't say that yeah, to anyone. I guess that's why this war is kind of being fought in the first place. Um, it is. Is because of Jamie and Sir. So like, it's probably the stress of that, like being the cause of all of this at the same, you know, like hmm. at the same time, like having, and then, not having any power anymore she used to actually have like some hold over joffrey as well and robert probably mm -hmm. like while robert was king like she was right. she was pulling the strings and doing stuff um like she had some sense of power and control and then when she loses it and then she doesn't have jamie anymore as well yeah that's i don't know it, it makes sense where she gets to you know it makes sense that she does just go absolute mad, mad yeah. and power crazy um yeah, no, and like it, it does, it does make a whole lot of sense, you know, especially given the fact that she's been told she can't have that sort of power. Like she's just like, I absolutely fucking can, and in fact, I will. Um, she's yep. a great character, and fantastically performed by Lena Headey. So I, I went ahead and mm, gave Lena like Headey the that. performance here. Um, yeah, I like that. Even though there were other performers who were in it more, who also. Uh, put on help like i don't think there was a single performance in this episode that i would go nah i didn't really like that one they were all really fucking good you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so it's like it's hard but just had to come down somewhere okay no i like but yeah that. this whole this whole interaction where Tyrion's like well he's fucking stupid isn't he mm -hmm. you know commanding he could have poisoned me and no one would have known <laughs> but instead he ordered a knight of the king's guard to murder the hand of the king in front of his entire army what a dumbass. And Cersei's like, yeah, man, wish I could tell you something different here, but I can't. Um, and he's like, is my life still in danger? And she's like, I don't know, fucking probably. And like, because she doesn't say yes and she doesn't say no. She's like, probably. The like, I clearly don't have a hold on this fucking kid, man. You know I don't know. Hmm. Um, but the, the <laughs> rationale there being like, all I know is that as long as Tywin's here, in Tywin's hand, he won't do anything. He can't do anything. Um, mm. And that's when they breach the uh, conversation to Jamie, and uh, she asks Tyrion which one of them should be the one to break the news to Sansa about the marriage. <laughs> oh, oh man. Yeah. Tyrion decides that he will take this on. <laughs> uh, oh, he has to do it in the worst way, too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this scene is impeccable, impeccably well-written. The way he goes, sometimes we wish we would have heard something under completely different circumstances, and it's not until we've heard yeah. the thing that we wish those were the circumstances in which we heard it under. And, and Sansa's like, yeah, I mean, okay. But it was clearly not, that was yeah. not directed to Sansa whatsoever. Well, no, not at all. And Sansa's like, like, both, Sansa's though, like but... it's really not a big deal yeah, that it's here. It'll be it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, I don't under, yeah, well, okay. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it was so good. Like, like, okay, Sansa, yeah, I'd like to speak to you alone. Shay, what? Why do you want to be, you know, like, so Sansa's like, oh, Shay. hey, Shay, no, it's okay. Like, I don't, like, it's how sh s clueless Sansa is, mm -hmm. you know? And then, uh, it, like, 
we know what Tyrion's about to say, and it's already awkward, but it's just ten times better that Shay is right there. Um, and oh man, I I don't know. I I didn't remember him actually saying. Do we get? Does do we go back? No. Or is it just? It, it's just assumed. We never see. He just goes. Okay. Well, this is going to be awkward, yeah. and then we cut, and it's like uh, you like know exactly uh, what he's about to tell her, but. Uh, uh. So we don't we don't actually get no I mean like in a later episode do they actually have that conversation or is it just assumed that he told her um, Oh they have it they have it here now because uh they it's do? not on screen they we never see that uh, Oh that okay yeah that's what okay that's what Yeah but uh yeah because we see her later on watching Peter's boat go away Ah that's right that's she's, why she's oh, sobbing duh, duh that's and, why she's crying <laughs> Yeah she's oh, like she's like wow I really missed my opportunity there didn't I uh <laughs> Oh duh! Oh my god! Yeah, I, because I, I was like, I thought it was I didn't piece together. For wow, that's so sad. I I thought that she's crying is like she's missing her chance to leave, and that she's missing her chance to like leave early with Littlefinger. And I just didn't piece it together that like no, she can't leave because she has to marry Tyrion now, and that she's staying, and like that's why she's staying and can't leave. Not yeah. that she made the choice not to go herself. Yeah, no. no, and like oh, it's because now she is stuck. Now yeah, she, yeah. she should have taken that way out when it was presented. Well, um, let's see. If she went there with Littlefinger right now, would it actually have been better for her? Let's think. Because he, he wants an army. He wants to fight. Littlefinger's ready. Like, the minute he get he, I got one ship, and now I want five. Now I want ten. It's such a weird thing. Like, he, he's, he's wanting to go. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I think him, if Sansa's with Littlefinger right now, I don't know, he's very, I don't know. It's I think, not uh, actually. I, I don't, don't think it would have been good for her long term. Um... Because either he delivers her to the Riverlands and she dies at the Red Wedding or he just keeps her at the Vale until what happens happens. Because eventually she escapes and goes to the Vale with him and then he pawns her off on Ramsay. That's true. So I guess even, yeah. Like one way or the other, it either goes as bad as it already did or it goes worse and she dies. So I guess the only real change is that she wouldn't have got to see Joffrey die. Yeah. Really. And I'm, I'd rather her see Joffrey die and take his last breath yeah. and then leave. Right. She actually, she got to see full. Yeah, she all was of there. it, right? All yeah, of it? There. Yeah, she didn't have to run before and like, she got to see him remember. actually die, die. Specifically. Because um... I know all chaos, you know, it all kind of breaks loose. Yeah. But I think Sansa watches him like take his, I think there's I even think a he, shot. Like, falls. like, I think it even, shows her react to his death like like kind of like i don't know like i think there's a shot of maybe even showing her like after he's dead sort of thing right but no because uh i think they take the opportunity of the chaos that ensues as he's get her out of there yeah um so i think i think he's there until she i think she's there until he collapses and then then her tontos pulls up and it's like Hey, come on. But she knows. She yeah. knows, I guess. So she didn't yeah. actually see. Okay. okay. She gets her know. she gets her nice little killing a guy who tortured her moment a little later on in the series. But uh mm. regardless, uh later on 
Lord Varys finds Peter Baelish in the throne room for what mm. is my favorite scene of the episode. Yeah. And it's kind of the overlay of things happening here because we won't get to the end of the scene, but I consider it a part of the scene. Uh, ah, but, okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Um, okay, cool. But later on, Lord Varys finds Peter in the throne room and Varys and Baelish discuss the Iron Throne. And the pageantry of it and the propaganda that creates nations and cements dynasties, you know. They say it is forged of a thousand swords. It's not even 200. I've counted. And uh, Mm. is like, well, yeah, I guess it does have a certain kind of appeal, doesn't it? It's all a lie. (laughs) It is all a lie. And Varys asserts that, you know, he serves the realm. But Baelish is like, ah, the realm. What do you think that is? And Baelish tells Varys that he is aware of Varys' arrangement with Roz. He's given her to a friend who is eager for a new experience. And Baelish revels in the chaos that he has caused. He doesn't think chaos is a pit, but a ladder for those brave enough to climb. And as Varys and everyone else sees it, they they can't... They, Peter is on an impeccable, like, good luck streak for him. Things are going his way, that's for yeah, sure. For, like, seasons. There's not a bad thing that happens to Peter until he fucking dies. Well, I guess that could just be he he's pulling a lot of strings. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, and a lot of things, like, lucky people, they put themselves in lucky situations. Yeah. They may, you know, it's like... You no, have yeah, to, I, I don't, yeah like, I don't mean he's lucky. I mean, like... Make he your make own luck, like, sort of thing. Like, I don't know, it's... You gotta... You gotta put yourself in that situation to even be, you know, but I mean, there are probably some things that happen that he didn't do that are pretty lucky to have. No, yeah, I just, I just mean that like, uh, even but, if, hmm. even if it's not luck, obviously, I don't think it is on most, most occasions. He is one of those people who is so fucked up. He's willing to do whatever to put him, put himself in those situations. Mm-hmm. Like give Roz to Joffrey because Joffrey wants to kill someone. That's, yeah. that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was just rough. I I, I didn't and, know it happened this soon. I I it was yeah. I was actually kind of taken by shock a little bit. I'm like, wait, no, that's the end of her story. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind like, did Littlefinger know from the start that Roz went to Varys? And I think so. You know, so he figured it out. And then mm-hmm. once he figured it out, he's like, okay, then now you're no purpose to me. Now I have you killed. That's why he said that you're a bad investment. Not that it was his plan from the start. No. Like, yeah, no. So it was, he figured, okay, okay. Yeah, he figured that out at some point, which is why he's like, uh, I've heard, like, uh, your friend or whatever, like, our mm-hmm. our mutual friend or whatever the fuck. But this also furthers that Joffrey is an even bigger dumbass than previously thought. Um, you go to a man who is notoriously the biggest spy in the realm and go, I feel like killing somebody. He's the king. In his mind, he's probably like, well, I can just do this, though. No, 100%. So, like, you mean, like, to keep it a secret? You mean, like, yeah, to like, keep no, it on the to, down low? There's no way, like, there's just no way around what the interaction had to be. You know, like, he had to have gone to Littlefinger, or sent someone to Littlefinger, which is arguably worse. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and gone, Wait. I would like to try killing... Can you provide me someone to kill? Wait. Was it Joffrey that sought out Littlefinger first? 
or was it like Littlefinger that put it put in the idea in his head and then he's like yeah like let's so like I don't know like I guess it could have been either way but the way that I guess I thought it was more implied that like uh Littlefinger needed to get rid of Roz and he pitched this new experience you know like <clears throat> he pitched the experience to Joffrey sort of thing mm. and that he was like willing to try the new experience and kill you know Interesting. Sort of thing. I, no, I, guess, I guess I could see that. That that that's the because it is very like, convenient for Joffrey to want to kill. I guess <clears throat> I don't know. Because uh, it was it was to kill Roz. You know that, that's like, how it worked. To a make little the example to Varys yeah. and like to to you know have his you know so he could have that badass evil character moment. And drop the line. But like I think it was I think like he knew Roz betrayed him and he's like okay I need to kill you. Um, how can I do this without just putting an arrow, not a gun, they don't have guns, you know, without yeah. just chopping her head off or do, poisoning her? I don't know, maybe just... Yeah, the way that, yeah, hmm. I, get, I get what you're saying, though, because, like, it is, it is convenient timing. The way that I took it was that Littlefinger probably doesn't presume to make suggestions to the king. Okay. Like, Maybe you should try killing somebody, man. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. How do you bring uh, that up? Yeah, yeah that's you... my thing. Is that I have the feeling Joffrey, and he might have been coded about it. He might have been like, I kind of want to try something new, you know? Mm. Um, and then it's not exactly easy to find someone who, like, Littlefinger's a smart enough motherfucker to go, well, I'm going to wait until I have a reason for somebody to be murdered. Ah. Uh, uh, so he, I see. So it's not that, like... Roz betrayed him, and then Joffrey came up to him at the perfect time and said, "I want to no. try this new experience." It could I'm have imagining been, it's, it could it's, have been before. Is, and yeah, because like, I'm assuming Littlefinger's like the way that interaction mm -hmm. typically goes. I'm imagining is like, well, you know, I'll I'll do my best. I'll find somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I just can't just promise you anyone right now. Yeah, you know, I can't. I can't tell you there's going to be someone there tonight. You know, like uh, not a lot mm -hmm. of people lining up to get killed. Um, yeah. impaled by arrows. That's not exactly something anybody wants. But uh, oh, yeah, but the way that scene caps yeah, with him yes. saying like a uh, chaos is a ladder, and like only the bravest will climb. There's nothing but the climb, and then it's the the last stake north of the wall getting put on the top of the wall. I was like, oh, that's hard, and it goes into John and Egret kissing on top of the mountain. I was like, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I and like the that. image. Then what he says to like some people get knocked down and never get back up, and it's you know the the void consumes them, but like. John and 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 mm. and Egret stuck on and kept going, kept climbing. I don't know. It was just the whole. It was the whole. I don't know if it's my scene. I don't know if I want to give him the performance. I don't know out of this because, like, I like the scene, but more for like what it's implying for like the whole show, you know. And so maybe it's just the scene. Actually, maybe that just makes the most sense. Um, I don't know. It's like, uh. I think he monologued his, you know, a a Aiden, yeah, Aiden Gillen. Uh, yeah, he did pretty well here. This was I, I, just created like, one of the most iconic monologues yeah, of the entire show this, here, and that people still use this quite often. This episode had a um, bunch of those where it was like, "Yo, I remember like not monologues, but lines where like people call mm. back to it seasons later, like like a uh, Ramsey." If you think this has a happy ending, yeah. you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, there's a... Okay, uh, wow. Um, and then my yeah, favorite definitely. line, we, which we will get to before long, but uh, 
gets called yeah. back to later on in the show, think... too, and became a big deal for theories and stuff. You know, like everyone was like, Chaos is a ladder. Peter is uh, at the top of his game. He's going to figure out, you know, like there were so many theories about all these different things regarding all these different lines. I remember a crux for a bunch of theories was like, there's no way this ends good. You know, remember that line Ramsey said, if you think this has mm-hmm. a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. There's like, there, I remember that being a regarded as like a reason a long time ago that mm-hmm. the show wouldn't have a happy ending. But, uh, I think I think I'll I'll maybe wait on the scene just to see because there is there is another scene that might take it but I mm-hmm. think I will give Aiden Gillen the performance here like that that monologue was it was he plays his character so well even though like I hate and don't agree with his character it's just like he's so no, he's good so at good it. at it he's, he's so, so good at it so yeah I think okay I'll I'll put that nail in and I'll give him the performance but yeah the scene was still up there because yeah you I gave it to you, and I don't know I think we might be able to to spread the love a little more I get you I get you. Yeah, but then uh, we'll head to the Riverlands after that. We're in the hideout of the Brotherhood without banners. Uh, and Guy is trying to train Arya Stark with a bow. And, uh, you know, she, he teaches her about never holding. Always just pull it to the chin and release. Trust your eyes. Your eyes will do the aiming. But I have to aim. Never aim. It, it, never yeah. never hold. What? I have to hold. I have to aim. Never aim. And it's, oh, everything you thought you knew. Yeah. You know, you're wrong. This is a master, like a master archer. This feels like a side quest, you know, where you learn right, archery. Right. Or like she's just going, mastering her archery skill out. Something like that, but. Oh, I don't but know, yeah, before this... long, she spots someone behind the uh, behind her target, the target that she hit in the face, tits, balls. I got them mm. right where I want them. You know, uh, there there was another line that that could that's in the running there. Um, I don't know. It was pretty good, you know. And, and she thought she she's delivered the slam dunk, but then there's another you know a lesson that she was taught after yeah. that, like, well, they're going to be moving. It's not going to be straw men. It's not going to be you know all that, but. But that line, I don't know, is pretty good. Um, I have I have a few uh, for lines. It's either the the rare enough thing, a man who lives up to his reputation, uh, that one, and then and we got one more left. Okay, cool. Uh, but but yeah, I'll, I, I think it's the last one. Sadly, is the uh, thing. The last one is just a hell of a line. Um, gotcha. But gotcha. I wanted to give these two. They were they were thought of. That's for sure. Um, no, yeah, they deserve that too. You know, I. Uh... I actually went with a uh, a line that comes up later in this scene or this series of events mm. with uh with them but uh okay uh, she see- Arya spots Melisandre and a group of Stannis Baratheon's men coming up in the rear and she speaks to Thoros and uh High Valyrian Melisandre does demanding to know what uh became of his mission to convert Robert Baratheon to the warship of the ward of the Lord of Light and he's like, well, didn't go well. In fact, by the time I got here, I didn't even really believe in it myself. So, sorry and shit. And yeah, I uh, fucked every whore in King's Landing, too. He was like, <laughs> yeah, sad to say. Oh, well. But that's that's the truth. He was like, that's just how it is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this, Thoros is getting my character not here. Because this, good. just the backstory, everything here, him, like, talking. And, like, I love how... how uh, I don't know, you just have, you have Thoros over here, like, kind of pouring his heart out and, like, telling his whole life story. And then, um, what's his, what's the... Barrack? Barrack, yeah, Barrack just kind of standing there for one, not understanding the first part of the conversation that's being in High Valyrian, you know, at the start. He's kind of just standing there, like, you know, like, yep, I'm here, and I've died, and, like, I'm being used as an example right now. And then, like, eventually they start speaking English. And Melisandre's like, how many times has he been brought back? Like, pretty cool, pretty cool. She was like impossible. She was like, What? 
you should not have this power. That, that's, I know it is uh, very interesting, like, that Thoros was sent on a mission from the High Priestess to, mm. to what was it, to get Robert off of, off of his companions and lead him into the Lord of Light or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Like, that was his mission, and he failed. You know, he, he just stopped. But he got, he went all the way to King's Landing, though, and, like, he got yeah. there. Yeah. And then, I guess, what's, what did he, so he was just supposed to go there and just convince Robert by just talking to him, or, like, do things, like... I'm assuming that the goal was to make Thoros of Mir like their high septon. They like that's uh, what that is what the that is what the red priests wanted for Thoros was to go and convince the seven kingdoms that they need to take in the Lord of Light as their one true god. And uh okay. Kind of the way the High Sparrow does here in a couple seasons, the way he reignites yeah. the fire. Okay, with okay, seven. that makes more sense. Um Okay. But that that was the that was the general goal, and then I think what's kind of funny is that like Thoros on his way there realized just how godless the world was. Like he he thought this place fucking sucks. If there is a god, he goddamn hates us. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I guess that's it kind took of his it, friend dying and coming yeah. back to life to make him be like, all right, well, yep. I can believe in it now. Exactly. You know, he's like, I didn't believe in shit. I just said the words because they're the only words I knew. And he was my friend, and he died. And he came back, and that's when I knew our God is the one true God. And uh, she's like, dub, 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 dub. Okay, so we got, we need some. Uh, (laughs) This is all cool and all. A great little check in, great little chat. Actually, I'm just here for for a boy. Yeah, Um, give me Gendry. Yep, that's all I want. See you later. I'll give you two big bags of gold for him, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Arya's (laughs) like, Arya's not a fan of this idea. You know, she, he wants to join you. You said you're a brotherhood, and he wanted to join you. And it sucks, really, like, revisiting this after the monologue Gendry had, like, an episode or two ago, where he's like, they're a family, you know? They chose their leaders, and, like, yeah. I would like to be a part of that. And, and then he's, just like, even the arrow tips, even the mm-hmm. arrow tips, the guy arrow guy showing him, like, oh, yeah, I can make these. No, no, simple enough. Yeah, just give me the steel. And it's like, you see a future for him and the brotherhood, yeah. you know? They're still building it, even though, like, right before he's taken. And then he's so confused. He has Melisandre come up to him and be like, Oh, don't worry. You will be far. You, you, you are far more than these people could ever be. Yeah, you got to, in Gendry's mind, you got to think. He's it will like, fall at the will of kings, yeah. but you will make kings fall or whatever you gotta the think, fuck. You got to think Gendry's probably just like, what the fuck does that, what, I'm still being captured and take, like, well, I'm still, like, he's, he's probably so confused. He's like, yeah. that doesn't make me feel any better. Yeah, I like, don't want to, I don't want to make kings fall, man. I just want mean? a simple fucking yeah, life. Like, I, I was just wanted to be a blacksmith for the, for the <laughs> I just, what, what the fuck, I was just about to make some arrow tips. And now, <laughs> now I'm about to, what are you talking about? Like, I, and you're still putting me in hand, were they, did they cuff him or like, did they, they like just binded him, him? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so like they still, yeah, it's like he's still feeling like a prisoner. So like, I'm gonna make kings fall, but now you're, st- I'm still a prisoner. You know, so like, yeah. what am I gonna do? Like, well, it's yeah. also confusing to him because he knows people have been after him his whole life, but he still doesn't have any idea that he's a Baratheon bastard. You know, like he does not know that still. He's, he's just been. Yeah, he just thinks he people have no it out for him for no reason. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> why has why has this been Man. happening to me? Bro? Wow, that poor dude. Yeah, he people just really have it out for him. Yeah, man, man. It's, it's a poor dude, but uh, Arya, you know, protests and even walks up to the Red Priestess, calls her a witch, and uh, 
this is the part where my favorite line comes into play uh, um, because it's line. extremely foreshadowy in all the best ways and gets called back to in one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. Melisandre grabs her by the face and is like, I see a darkness in your eyes. And behind those eyes, I see eyes looking back at mine. Eyes of many colors. Brown eyes. Blue eyes. Green eyes. We will meet again. And then she just leaves and Arya's like, I have no idea what the fuck that means. What? Like, I love that any interaction with Melisandre leaves people just confused. Like, yeah, like okay, what the um, fuck? Sure. Yeah, I, uh, Okay, and I mean, this is, you know, a lot of foreshadowy stuff here. You know, whether it was planned or not, you can say that she wears many different faces, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's killed many different people. You know, she has Mm -hmm. shut a lot of different eyes. That's for dang sure. Um, I wonder, um, because Melisandre, I feel like... I don't know. I wonder because she sees stuff in the in the. I, I'm. It's so cute. Like her power is just so curious. You know. It's yeah. just like and, and a lot of it's just magic. And it's not. You're not supposed to understand it. It's just. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um, like what did she see in this moment? Was yeah. It just like did did she see that like she went on to actually become like a faceless man? You know, or like do all that stuff and kill people? Or was it just like she just sees random things and, you know, and just is like, well, she yep. interprets them the best yeah. she can and stuff yeah. like that's how I've always taken her power is that like, while the Lord of light will send her messages, they're not like, Oh, word for word. I got this shit. She yeah. has to interpret that shit, which is why she thinks Stannis is the prince who was promised in the, the will of the Lord and stuff. Like she does her best to interpret based off what she knows, but she can't do everything mm. all on her own, you know? So whenever it's season eight, episode three and Barrick and the hound deliver her to that room privately where Melisandre is already hanging out, knew exactly where she needed to be. And she tells her, we met once and I told you, you would shut many eyes forever. Brown eyes, green eyes. And then she looks at her and goes and blue ones. And then Arya like, like looks at her like, oh, I fucking get it. She's Danny DeVito, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I get it. I'm the chosen she, one. Yeah, I'm the chosen one. I'm gonna do the coolest knife drop, little stabby stab. There and... is no spoon. <sighs> but uh, yeah, man, that, that I liked that scene a lot, and it leads mm-hmm. to some pretty compelling stuff. And that was my favorite line of the episode. She did uh, close some pretty important blue eyes. That's for yeah. sure. Um, Some the, pretty important green eyes. Uh, Walter Frey has green eyes. I think. <laughs> so it's like there, there's a, like I think each one had like a particularly important character attached. Brown. To Maybe the wave or something. I don't know. Ellen Payne, the Hound, Cersei. Cersei's green eyes, right? Green or yeah. blue? Something. Like that. Yeah. Oh, oh, we did. Any kill? No. Did she kill? She didn't kill any. She didn't kill anybody. We did get a Hodor, though. A singular Hodor, yes. A single Hodor. Single. Uh, Three-episode drought, or drought, so it has has been a while. It's uh, been a little bit since know, the last Hodor. Only three this season. Um, two are came less, in episode are two. less Hodors than I thought there would be in this yeah, show, we, I'm not going to lie. Right, we were, we were preaching more Hodors, less things, and, and I Turns know. out there's more things and less Hodors. A lot more things. Um... Yeah, well, these things happen. But uh, at River Run, Rob and his advisors meet with Black Walter and Lothar Frey to discuss an alliance for his planned attack on Casterly Rock. And 
the phrase are like, all right, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We can keep doing this shit as long as you do all of this for me. So we need a formal apology. You got to say sorry to my pops. That's got to be first and foremost. He's like, yeah, he deserves as much. That's cool. He wants Hall, all of its lands and incomes. Is that cool with you? Uh, and he's like, fuck yeah, after this war's done, I'm fighting for the North. I don't need Hall. He can have it. I don't give a shit. And uh, he's like, and now it's, he's like, is there something else I can do for you? They're like, not something, but someone. <laughs> and realization dawns within Edmir Tully as he's like, fucking A, man. Do I get to pick? At the very least, can I pick? And uh, they're like, no, it is Roslyn. Take it or leave it. Uh, 19 to just how old is how old is edmir dude's like, gotta, gotta be like gotta 40. be 30s gotta be 30s like, i don't know close, youngest. pushing he's close to 40 yeah, he's like getting be. there that's okay maybe i was a little harsh on him you're yeah he's like probably mid 30s maybe like yeah young, catlin's younger brother or youngest brother you know because the blackfish is his older brother which is funny to think about or not older brother he was the king's brother so he's his uncle um, or not the king's brother, uh, Catelyn's father's yeah. brother. She's Catelyn. He's Catelyn's uncle. So is Edmure's uncle. Um, but Edmure is Rob's uncle. So that's what was confusing me. But uh, hmm. regardless, um, yeah. hmm. okay. Edmure's yeah, not that. kind to the idea. He says he won't do it, and we're like, you got to be a big old fucking idiot if you think I'm going to let that happen. Mm. You are going to marry him. You're going to marry her, and I know it's my fault. I know you're paying for my sins. I won't forget it, but you have to do this, or else we will lose. That's a guarantee. Um, and uh, There was a line before that that was delivered by Blackfish yeah. that uh, is my line for the episode. Um, and, I don't know, Edmure says something about, like, the law clearly states... The... Yeah, yeah, the law clearly states that I can I can choose my own bride, and I shouldn't be compelled to... Or to choose for me, and then Blackfish comes in and says, "The laws of my fist are about to compel your teeth." And <laughs> he said it way better than I did. That's for sure. Oh my god! Compel your teeth. Uh, the Blackfish man. When we get him, it's he's dope. just yeah. Like he just sat there the whole time. He he got up after Edmure got up, and he he just delivered. You know, he's just like, all right, let me let me just tell you it straight real quick. Let me let me. Give you a lesson real quick, bud. And uh, and every uh, time, I love when Rob calls him uncle. Because it's just like, I know Edmure doesn't like that. He doesn't like being reminded that this is his nephew and he's so much more powerful than he is. And he's so much stronger and better in pretty much every way. He's just like, like he goes, uncle, I know. And I can just tell Edmure's like, fucking god damn. damn. Fuck. The sawmill. Or He's what, getting bossed around by his older sister's son. And, you know? Uh, the stone mill or whatever. Yeah, his big. Mill. The yeah, Battle of Stone Mill. You remember that great victory? <laughs> Dude just gets put down, man. The whole time. Ah, uh, yeah. Does he? Let's see. He doesn't he's actually die. He right? doesn't die at the Red Wedding. Because he's off with his, off with his wife. And they yeah. already left. He goes off with his something. bride, and then he's kept yeah. as a prisoner by the phrase for like seasons. Like, wow, really? Yeah, he's just like in the dungeons of the phrase for like years. Um, we never see him. He just Ari... tells that story later on. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he makes just... it to the end of the show. He never dies. Oh yeah, that's right. He does make it to the end. That's so he's so forgettable. That's so sad. Yeah. But 
He's not important enough to kill, you know? Like So like when Arya went went there and like killed all the Freys, like he didn't even pop up then, like as no, like, I don't free think the so. prisoner. He just showed up at the end, like, Hey, I'm here. Yeah, I think so. Wow, that's nuts. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. He might show up he might show up once or twice before that, but I, not much as far as I remember. Huh. Yeah, uh, I don't remember any anything yeah. of that dude. I didn't even remember him showing up at the end, so Yeah, I just I just remember him showing up at the end because it's the funniest fucking scene. Just they're, looking telling him, the, <laughs> they're looking for the new king and he's like, I will bear this burden. Ah, <laughs> finally my chance. My chance to stand up and, and Sansa and, goes, Sit down, Uncle. Shut the fuck up, dude. Sit, sit, sit Uncle, please fuck? sit. Oh, uh, yeah. he's like that is you are off the table here. Nobody is going to pick Edmir Tully for the King of the Seven Kingdoms. I'm sorry, good sir. Uh, oh man. But uh nevertheless, at Ar- at Harrenhal next. Bruce Bolton is sitting to dinner with Jamie and Brienne of Tarth, where Bolton tells Jamie he will send him to King's Landing as restitution for his lost hand, but only under the condition that Jamie swear to tell his father that Bolton was not personally responsible for his maiming. And Jamie assumes that Brienne will accompany him, but Roose intends to keep her with him under arrest for abetting treason. It was a nice quick scene, but uh, Mm -hmm. it was really well done the way Jamie's struggling to cut his steak and Brienne has Yeah. Yeah. Just gets pissed, gets fed up, and she's like, all right, I'll help you, whatever. Um, He's like, I noticed that you could have done all, you could have sent me back, you could have done anything, but instead. You're watching me fail at dinner. Mm. Uh, the, the, his words, I loved it. Uh, yeah, not doing too hot, but I, no, I don't know. In high spirits, though, which I appreciate. You know, he's still joking a little bit. In a, I, I like, mm. I like Jamie at this point and a little bit more. Brienne than hating the clothes that she has on too. Oh. Like, oh, I can see they finally got you something suitable or something suitable for you to wear, and she just goes, "Yeah, they did," or something like that. Like yeah. she was like, "Yeah, yep, they did." Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Next episode, that's Baron Maiden Fair. Um, next yep. episode, so I knew as soon as I saw this dress, I was like, "That's yeah. the one she gets tossed into a bear pit yeah. in." Yeah. So um, I don't know. That's gonna the be the bear and the Maiden Fair. But, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a goodie. But that concludes the story in the Riverlands. We've only got two locations left, both of which pretty short, little, quick comings. So mm-hmm. in the north, tensions rise between Osha and Mira. Uh, as they argue about who's a better hunter and how to skin a rabbit and et cetera, et cetera. They're just, they're, they're, they're measuring dicks. You know, it's very funny. Um, and Bran's like, guys, chill Come the fuck out. On. He's like, I can't walk. I can't do anything. I just hear you guys argue all the time. You and guys. Mira extending the, the olive branch, you know, your way of skinning rabbits is faster. She goes, mm. yes, it is. And the way Bran, yeah. the way Bran goes, Osha, come on, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, he's like just being like the parent right now, which is, yeah. which is, I don't know. I think was it being, I don't know. I felt like maybe it was intercut with something, but like you two just always, fi- or maybe I'm just thinking of the Mandalorian so much right now of how like factions being brought together and how Bran is like mm. having two enemies, you know, a wildling and and some I don't know, a Northman, just, yeah, yeah, someone not up north of the wall. Uh, getting along, um, but I don't know I lo- I just that's maybe just why he becomes the king at the end. You know, he's just uh, he 
all this fighting is is not it's useless you know you're we're out here surviving you know and you're you're arguing about how who can skin a rabbit better mm. you know at the end of the day and we're just trying to go north and i don't know i think uh these <laughs> visions and stuff are just like how much is bran really i don't it's just during is he uh, already the king you know and he just is is instilling his kingly stuff already in, like no, is is that the no. is that the thing? Like, nah, it's a, this is uh this is all him at this point. But it's all his val right. va- like it's all his experiences and it's all what he learned. You know, he's learning right. I guess this is his his experience stage. This isn't. Mm. It's what he learns here that makes him the king, or I guess he put himself there. It's also I just never know how to talk about it or to yeah, think about he, uh... it. I don't but. think he put himself there by any means, but a season like this reminds me of why when at the in the finale, whenever Tyrion goes, and who has a better story than Bran the Broken? I remember being like, I'm sorry. What? Um, Jon Snow. Yeah, uh, Jon Snow has the best story <laughs> in this fucking show. The Song um, of Ice and Fire. Yeah, well, but I guess both, but over the course of seasons three, four, five, and six, a series of forty episodes, he is in fifteen. And man, of those fifteen, I bet like five of them are for a single scene that only lasts two minutes. Yeah. So it's like, God damn, man, you really could have done a little and he's not in season five. That's the, he's in season three, four, and six. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's... And don't get know. me wrong. I do enjoy his story and stuff. And it is, when he is on screen and they are expressing his experience, it is pretty compelling. But I, I think they just, I think they just missed many opportunities. I think that D&D took the opportunity to whittle down Bran's story because they thought John was going to be the fucking king. And then they were like, oh, fuck. Okay. Like, shit. We should have really focused on this three-eyed raven storyline a little more, huh? Yeah. Yeah, not like, (laughs) because out of 40 episodes in the middle of the show, the show is 76 episodes long or something like that. It's not long, you know? It's not a super long show. Or 76. Yeah, 76. Yeah, 10, 6. And what's it's six or seven and it's sixty ten and then seventy three seven and six right yeah. the last two yeah okay yeah, seventy three episodes for he's in forty out of the seventy three which isn't bad that's a pretty good that's a pretty good percentage um but to be in fifteen out of the forty middle episodes yeah that's pretty beefy that's that's a lot of stuff you're not a part of um and I get I get it you know he was off he was off doing stuff. He was a busy man, uh, but like hmm. you scroll down the IMDb cast list, and it's like Peter Dinklage, sixty-seven episodes; Lena Headey, sixty-two; Amelia Clark, sixty-two; Kid Harrington, sixty-two; Sophie Turner, fifty-nine; Macy Williams, fifty-nine; Nikolaj Kolster-Waldau, fifty-five; Ian Glenn, fifty-two; John hmm. Bradley, forty-eight; Alfie Allen, forty-seven; Conleth Hill, forty-six; wow. Liam Cunningham, Davos, forty-two. Davos was in more episodes than Bran Stark. Gwendolyn Christie, 42. Brienne of Tarth. Aiden Gillen, 41. Isaac Hempstead Wright, Bran Stark, 40. Wow. He was in 
two more episodes than The Hound, two more episodes than Masande, two more episodes than Braun, and five more episodes than Podrick. The Hound? I'd actually wager The Hound might have more screen time than Bran, even though he's in less episodes. I I, I almost almost guarantee it, actually. Yeah, Um, I would too. That's wow. That's kind of that's really w- weird to think about now. It's a wild. It's a wild, and that and that's why. Don't get me wrong. I think that like Bran is the natural choice. Like he can see literally everything. There is no enemy that can surprise him. That's the it's choice. Just clear. It, it, you have him be the king, and then but you just have the humans be the council because he's no longer that, a human. He is. I think that the fucking reasoning behind it was hilarious to say he has the best story of them all. No, it's just ah, uh, it's just the the tactical, like it's just the the smart decision. You you, I don't know. Like, why would you want the person? Uh, I, I, it's just yeah, it's just what you do. And right. they, they could have. I don't understand why they didn't just play it like that. You know. Yeah. Um, but regardless, um, he diffuses the situation right as Jojen begins to have a seizure uh, from yeah. his uh, from his visions. Uh, little, uh, little motherfucker, Stark, um, fucking kid, fucking guy. What's his name? Rickon? Rickon. Rickon is incredibly appalled. That is a scary, it is a scary sight, uh, watching somebody have a seizure. That's not a, that's freaky. No, no matter how old you are. Yeah. Um, not fun. No, no, um, I'll never, I'll never forget. I was at football practice once and, uh, I was playing, uh, mock quarterback during a fake offense and one of the linemen who was standing straight up just fell straight down on his back and started seizing and i was like uh no he's he was kind of a jokester so nobody thought he was being for real and then it was like and then very quickly it was like oh no yeah this is a fucking thing uh he was Uh, fine thankfully but like that was horrifying i remember that very vividly i was like oh wow that's scary that is a freaky sight yeah a lot of uh, misconception a lot of people think that you're supposed to like keep their mouth open so they don't bite their tongue off like do not put your mouth your hands near anyone's mouth that's having anything like that they will bite your hand off like yeah. that is they don't have they have no control over their jaw and it is seizing and it is going to bite down um, yeah but if you do have a leather strap yes that is perfect that is like this is the ideal situation mira came prepared um, yeah and they, um, they know they like they and this happens you know quite often yeah, i guess yeah the vision um, takes their toll. Yeah, this is that. she does exactly what you're supposed to do, which is sad. You just have to kind of let it happen and just mm-hmm. kind of hold them there and keep something in their mouth if you have something, but not yeah. your hand. Don't ever do no, that. Do not do that. Oh. Uh, Jojen wakes up and tells Bran that he saw Jon Snow on the wrong side of the wall, surrounded by enemies. Mm-hmm. What's cool about this is that could be exactly what's happening at that moment with him preparing to climb the wall. And it could also be season seven, episode five, Beyond the Wall, when he is literally in the middle of the ice, surrounded by White Walkers. So there's like no telling exactly what he saw. There's just like he's on the wrong side of the wall. He's surrounded by enemies, and it's and I feel like Jojen's visions are a little more. I don't know. Are they exactly the same as Bran? And like he is seen. You know, because when Bran has, like, a three-eyed raven vision, and he's, like, seeing, like, Ned and, like, that, like, the R and L plus J, like, event play out. Mm-hmm. Like, he's seeing the event happen he's right then and that. there. And he and he's there, you know. But, like, is Jojen 
just kind of like is it like an in, in, interpretation thing or is it is it like he's also right there like seeing it um, i think they try to portray it as sim- as like the same thing um so it is the same because Bran's but, not quite the three-eyed raven yet, so he's not having, like, those visions. But they're still just, like, they're visions that are, aren't, are like, actual events in time. But, like, because he still had a, he had a vision of Rob, John, and yeah, whoever, like, just when he was shooting, you know, arrows and him walking around. So it's yeah, like. I think it's, I think it is more something to be interpreted than it is to be like, oh, well, this is what's happening. Um Okay. So yeah, I think uh, I think I'm on board with that. But it's time for question time. <gasps> uh oh, question to get it wrong. time. Let's this go. one's uh, it's actually not trivia. This is uh, this is incredibly subjective. It's whatever it's whatever you're feeling. I want to okay. know what your guilty pleasure entertainment is. Something that people make you feel like you are not supposed to enjoy that you can't help but like. Oh. And if you need time to think on it, we can keep going. And you can you can come back to me with an answer. Uh, and this is this is a, a movie you like that you feel like you're not supposed to a series of movies, uh, a musical group or song or artist, um, a TV show, any of that. Any of that is a fair game. One one of them though. Not, I don't. And if you have a few, rattle them off. I don't care. But uh, okay, hmm. I might have to think on this one a little bit. Actually, okay. no, nothing's popping out immediately. I, the only thing that popped out immediately was the song Fireflies. Whenever it came out, everyone hated it, but I actually really liked it. I, um, and I, I never understood the hate for it. So, like, that, that was the only thing that popped out immediately. But not, not believe your um, eyes. Yeah, no. okay. I like, and I was also just young at the time, too. And oh, yeah, was, I was, too. It's a target audience for that song, probably. Well. Um, but hmm, that doesn't feel that doesn't feel like my answer. That was, like, younger. I don't know. This is not, that's not a current. I don't listen to it now, you know. Um, hmm. I think that's fair, though. A weird thing that a lot of people say is weird. It's not really. I, I guess I go crazy for like just long YouTube videos of anything that's just being taken apart. Hmm. Like specifically a, a watch, like a like a just a mechanical watch. A watch. Yeah. Just a dude takes it apart, puts it in a cleaning machine, puts it back together. That's all that happens. That's it. Satisfying. It is, it, I don't like, and I don't even use it just to follow. Sometimes that's just if I'm eating, I'll just that's what I put on. I don't know. Sure. Um, so I guess that could be seen as not normal. Um, but but you don't feel like that's not guilt. guilty though. I don't feel guilty for that. No, I don't. Yeah, feel guilty and for like that. that's that's how I am. I don't I don't feel guilt for a lot of the things I enjoy. I do. I'll, I can give you what my answer to this question is for the mm-hmm. example because. Okay. I don't feel guilt for enjoying it because I do have my reasons, but pretty universally, uh, chain smokers music is not, is not enjoyed by most. I thoroughly enjoy the chain smokers and I always have, uh, now I do think there's a reason here. I think that their hot streak was when I was 14 to 18. Um, and they made music that was supposed to be a montage of, high school summer events i feel like that's like what their music was for and i felt like i related to it hard so i still get very nostalgic for chain smokers music and i tend to enjoy it i haven't listened to any of it in like several years Mm. uh new stuff i'll go back and listen to their old shit though you know i was just listening to closer by uh baby pull me closer Mm -hmm. in the backseat of dude fucking love that song song. so yeah. yeah 
uh, chain smokers. Uh, I very rarely met anyone who would go, yeah, that's cool. Um, so that's, that's my example is that I really like chain smokers and that's my, that's my guilty pleasure. Okay. I'll keep it on the back burner, I guess for right now, but I, I got to think, I feel like there's a movie or a, or a show that I'm just missing that I, I can't think of right now. I get um, that. I get that. Now. Yeah. You, you think on that. And if, uh, if the answer comes to you, you just let me know. But anywho, still in the North. Elsewhere, the cleaning boy awakens Theon Greyjoy to continue torturing him, and the boy threatens to remove Theon's pinky finger in what is more one of the more graphic, disgusting events of uh, this entire show. Yeah, uh-uh. Yeah, I, I've, I've learned uh, to put away food when Theon oh, yeah. comes on screen. Oh, uh, yeah. And just back in, in this area. Because I think I was eating, like, even just goldfish or something. Yeah. During this episode, and then I, I hear, I think, is it, does it start with Ramsey, like, sitting in the chair? Does it start? Oh, yeah, it starts with the horn. It's yeah. literally like a horn. And I'm like, oh, yep, time to put the food away. I literally was like, yeah. alarm for food to be put away. Yeah, because um, yeah, that, that was, that was, that was not. Take it off. Awesome. Take it off. I win. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And it, like, even got, like, even got, like, me to be like, oh, like, oh, I felt like my pinky kind of, yeah, like, you know? Yeah, it's like. like I'm like. It, Oh, uh, like my hands like do this. Uh, yeah. I get the claw going. I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah no, no, I was in. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's, that's just. Yeah. He's like, so here's the game. Um, yeah, if you can guess where we are and who I am, I will not cut off your pinky. Uh, that's, that's how you win. Um, if I win, uh, you have like, the only way I win is if you beg me to take your pinky off. Sound cool. He's like, yeah, I guess. Fuck, I don't think I'm really in a position to negotiate. Uh, and after rolling off a few uh, guesses, he guesses that he is uh, in Carhold, and he is the younger brother of Torin Karstark, Richard Karstark's son. You are torturing me because your father is a bannerman of uh, of my brother, and or not my brother, of Rob, and he wants revenge. And he's like, ah, damn. And I, I forgot that, like, this moment would have convinced us on the first watch because we just watched Rickard Karstark get murdered. And it's yeah. like, oh, now he's torturing someone who was close yeah. to Rob. And it's like, you know, like. Like, oh, okay. I could see that. Okay. So yeah. You just gotta and he's like, it. you forgot one thing. You forgot to ask me if I'm a liar. And then uh, he goes ahead and keeps <laughs> on. God. What? Um, what was happening there? What, what like what did he do? Yeah, he cut a slit in his pinky, and he was taking his bone okay. out of that's what his I thought. skin. That's what yeah. I thought. Wanted to make sure I had a firm grasp on what was occurring. Yeah. I did. And it was terrible, and that's why he said to cut it off. Because I, if that were to happen, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just Ooh, cut just that motherfucker off. That I'm point. done. Yeah, that's stick a fork in me, homie. Uh, uh-uh. yeah, that's uh-uh. that's uh-uh. bad. I don't like the way that makes me feel. Uh, yep. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Theon's finger goes ahead and gets cut off, which is good. <laughs> um, and he's like, uh, you forgot to ask me why, you know? It's, this is happening to you for no greater reason than I like it and I enjoy it. Um, I win. Yeah, I. Uh, there will inevitably be a performance mm. given to uh, Ramsey Bolton's uh, actor, Ewan... Rion, he is a very, very talented man at being completely demented. 
Mm. You know, I, just not this episode quite yet. But, no. Uh, no, but he, yeah, eventually, I mean, he, pretty big character. Uh, that's for, I don't know. I, I can't wait just to also see him, well, I guess we don't see it, but we hear him get eaten by his dogs. Uh, those hungry, hungry dogs yeah. get sicked on him. That's not, that's just a nice, a nice memory that I have, um, seeing him go. But yeah, man, does he do a lot of bad before he goes, um, of what I remember. And I don't remember much of his storyline, but I do remember. No, but I mean, he like did. he yeah. does nothing but bad things. That's all he does. He's, I remember uh, Reek. I mean, Reek's pretty big, but I feel like there's just the son. Like I remember Sansa. Yeah. I remember that. And that, that was just, that's about all I remember too. Um, I think maybe that's actually it. It's probably just that. Yeah. Cause it's just Reek until the song. He writes right? the absolute coldest letter I've ever heard in my life to Jon Snow to try and get him to come fight him at Winterfell. Hmm. Where he says something about how I have your brother come and see. And he keeps, he keeps ringing it back around to come and see, come and see. He's like, come here, buddy. Like I'm ready. Let's fucking fight. Wow. You know, uh, and Jon Snow ends up sunning his ass. So it's fan- It's fantastic. Uh, oh, 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 that's, that's still three seasons away, but yeah, God, that's, a, that's, a, that's a ways, but oh, that'll man. be good. But, uh, yeah, we'll top off this episode where this episode actually began beyond the wall with Samwell and Gilly stopping to camp during their journey to the wall after having fled Craster's Keep. And Sam shows Gilly the dragonglass dagger he found at the Fist of the First Men. It's ancient. <laughs> look at what I found. I think it's ancient. Buried treasure. Yeah. What does it do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It looks cool, though, it doesn't it? Cool, though. <laughs> it will come in handy here before long. Very much so. Uh, but yeah, he tells her about Castle Black and then sings the Song of the Seven for her, which she actually quite enjoys. It was the first oh, nice cute. little cute moment. Yeah, wasn't that, yeah. Baby fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, Gilly, I don't know, just a nice, you know, doesn't know how to make a fire very well, uh, which was which was funny. But I don't know, though. Breathe. Yeah, they're they're get they're cute. Starting to get cute now. Um, yeah, that's real cute. But uh, at the camp base, at the base of the wall, uh, the wildling party led by Tormund prepare to climb and Jon Snow and Egret, my favorite character of the episode, Egret, by the way, oh, talk okay. about uh, their impending climb and their relationship. Egret's like, uh, I won't tell the others, but I know you. I know I know you didn't stop being Your a secret safe with me. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah, he's yeah like, he, like, he like pauses and like looks around like, you about to rat on me right now? Because his response to this means I'm actually not even with you now. You know, I'm prepared for you to tell everybody that at this moment, I am still a crow. And she goes ahead and backs him into a corner and is like, I know that's what you think I'm about to say, but now you can't fucking do that. Okay. You're mine now. I'm your lady and you'll treat me right. You've always treated me right. And that's how this is going to go. And while, uh, I don't think this is exactly the way you want to start out a relationship by any means. I do think it's a tactically smart move by Egret here to try and get Jon Snow on their side. He's a he's a very helpful ally in their cause. Oh, and uh, he, she they clearly have a great, great chemistry and admirance for each other. So, uh, you know, the whole like, I'm your lady now, you know, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't betray me. Say you'll, ne- say you'll never betray me. And he like promises. Uh, 
Oh uh, no, yeah, there this whole conversation was great. Like oh you're you're a real lover, Jon Snow, you know what the mm-hmm. other guys there I don't know, the fact that he, that she had to she bru- she kicked some dude in the balls, you know, for to get yeah. these get these uh, it kind of it, kind of insinuated that she went and had sex with someone to get these and then kicked yeah. him in the balls and left and took the boots because she I was like, he boots. wasn't good to me, Jon Snow, you know, the way you are. And like, she was like, just bring like very, you know, just like, I don't know, just okay with it, which was yeah. interesting. Uh, but like saying like, now you'll be loyal to me. And then, but like, just to get these boots, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe what the, maybe loyal does. That's not what, loyal means up in the in the the wildling north i don't know maybe they just all go at it but you won't kill me right yeah like don't betray me you know um we can fuck whoever we want up here but don't you dare uh, oh no no, that's what it was like uh you were trembling like uh or like a leaf in the wind or something he's like only in the beginning she's like yeah, yeah only only in the beginning she's like yeah you're right actually you know like i don't know i just they're they're so You're good. Like, they're fucking yeah, they're... incredible. And Rose Leslie as Egret was my other consideration for performance. Mm. I think she did an incredible job in this one. Um, You're staring at me ass, Jon Snow. <laughs> You're staring at me ass, Jon Snow. And then, boom, look what I mean, right then and there. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, she, she, oh, she was really, I don't know. But just down on the ground, though, and then when they get up there, she was really good. Um, yeah. yeah, but... uh yeah, they're they're having a tough time getting up the wall, and Egret strikes the wall and causes a massive crack, dislodging a large sheet of ice, sending several of their homies to their deaths. And Egret and John barely hang on by the safety of their rope. And Orel looks up to Tormund and goes, "We have to cut them down." And this is the first time you're like, "Oh, you know what? Tormund's fucking dope," because he goes, "He goes, no," no! and he yeah, like, like holds onto the rope as hard as he can, and you're like, "You know what?" I fuck with you, dog. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, uh, I, but, I love that. Because, like, what I like about the wildlings here, at least his clan of wildlings, and uh, I know they have, like, their several different factions and stuff, and Mans explained that and stuff, but if you are with your homies, they're looking out for you, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, Tormund, he, he didn't want his homies to die. That wasn't, like, a necessary evil that had to go away. He's just like, he didn't want that to happen. And now he's like, if mm. I can save as many of you as I possibly can, I'm gonna. Um, yeah. Who, and what's the warg's name? The Orel. Orel. Yeah, man. What a man. Like nothing was even said. Like, no, you know, it was just stares. And just like, even after it was, you know, like just looking at each other, like no yeah. words have been spoken. And that, it was just so awkward. Like, what do you even say? You know, like, well, I kind of really hoped you die there because, uh, well, now this is awkward. Like, uh, yeah. don't re- you know? Because I, I, I kind of forgot what, what even happens to this dude. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, I don't. So, I remember. Um, yeah, I don't even really. I remember, remember why he did this. Um, oh. furthermore than, furthermore than you were holding us down. It's I, I'm in love with Egret, and I hate you <sighs> for not being with me. Um, no. Yeah, that's why. Actually, he like, yeah, he, he's in love with Egret and is pissed that John's with her. So he's like, "We got to cut him loose. Let's kill them. Let's do it." He's an incel. That's all Oral is. Oh no! Oh, Oral no. the incel. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah, he's just a bad guy. 
Incredible. Bad guy. But yeah, wow. John sees what Arell is doing and barely manages to swing them to safety and saves him and Egret. And it was Egret's reaction to this whenever she like climbs up with him. Like the way they like embrace and stuff. Their chemistry is just so fucking nuts, dude. Like mm. I'm incredibly thankful that I will never be put in this position, hopefully, where I have to like save my girlfriend's life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also jealous that I'll never experience exactly what they felt <laughs> in that specific moment. Like the afterwards. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like how good that has to feel. Yeah, you like, know? like race. They, they haven't made it to the top of the wall yet, but whenever he pulls her onto that little ledge and he like hugs her and they're like head to head, like. Oh, even, yeah, even then. That's, yeah. that's gotta be like a different level of like, whoa, we are really connected on a different level now. Like that's, yeah. uh, Dang. this is life debt type shit. Yeah, it's got it like uh, ultimate, like, bad to like yeah. uh like yeah ultimate that, that's, catharsis that's gotta feel good though that embrace but even better when they get all the way up, you know that i thought that's you know, what you're talking I've about been waiting yeah, just that even life. that I've one my whole life to see the see the world from the top of the wall yeah but but that's what she thought she thought that was it her view that mm. way she's like that's her world that's all she's known and it it, it took john and he's like yo check this it took john out. to be like hey a little bit of a ray. I didn't know there was so yeah. much green in the whole hey, galaxy yeah, moment. Dude, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know. It was very, and right, right as, uh, you know, he got a little finger talk, having his whole chaos as a ladder yeah. monologue too. And then get right to that. Boom. And then, uh, like it was just so, it was perfect, dude. Yeah. This one was so a 10 out of 10 enjoyment for me. I think it's, yeah, no, it's there. This yeah. one was, it had, it was just, I don't know. This was, this was a good episode of Thrones. It was everywhere. It was all of it. It, everywhere. It's firing on all those cylinders that we've said in the past. They will never, they will never slow down on, you know, we got to I think we got another Mm. 10 enjoyment, another 10 in genre, which this season has not dipped below yet. Um, Mm -mm. Nope. Still no. And critically, oh, that's the only one I... It's not a 10, but it's damn fucking good, you know? I don't... I don't know that it's worse than the last two, you know? I don't I, I don't think it's better. Mm-hmm. But, and it... I, maybe maybe just a little. Maybe a little. Maybe a 9.25 yeah. instead of a 9.5 critically. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's either right there or a little bit below is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um... I think I don't know. It, it maybe it's just the. It's the cloud. Whenever they can envelop all the storylines in one episode and still make it, you know, feel like yeah. that's like the only way that it gets like better. It's like, but yeah. but the the thing is, is that they're what they're enveloping in just this episode alone is more than what normal television shows do, anyways. Right. So it's like, how do you even really base right. that? But no, I think I think uh, like nine two five is fair, um, which right. would put put the episode at a nine seven five, um, and for the season that That's would be high, right? second, second place, uh, episode four, and now his watch is ended at a nine eight three, um, and that's just because it would it would be on the same level if we gave this a nine five critically. Um, it'd be on the this same actually level ends up being tied on the same level as the Battle of Blackwater Bay episode. Hey, okay, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, I'd say Blackwater Bay is always landing as yeah. well. So that's yeah. Gives you a chance for a really fire ass bottle episode. But yeah, that's the thing about this episode is that it gives you it gives you the high intensity of the climb the way the battle did in that episode. And it also provides you the politics of everything else going on. Yeah. You get that interaction between Olena and Tywin and then Cersei and Tyrion and then Peter and Varys. And it's like these character interactions that mm. you just don't get that level of depth of out of anywhere else. Like, it's just like, that's, that's, that's what this, this episode was, was just continuous. Like, here's these two characters talking. Okay. Now here's these two characters talking. Yeah. Okay. Now here's these two characters talking and all of them have this incredible chemistry and all of them have this incredible story to put forth. Like that's, that's rare. And they do it so fucking yeah. well. They're playing it so well that it's it's almost like the conversations that you're hearing, you don't even think of them as written in like a, a like George R. R. Martin or these people wrote them in a in a you know a story room somewhere. It just feels like that these are the conversations of the characters that we just know. Mm-hmm. Like it feel you know like maybe at the beginning it feels pretty written. I don't know, but like it just like the conversations just feel natural. They just. It feels like this is what Cersei would say or do in this moment. Like you, they know the character that well, and I don't know. It's it just everywhere though. It's it's that for for everyone, um, and yeah, just that's why this. I think the show works so well is you get those moments where it's just two characters talking to each other. Mm. That's all that's happening, but for some reason, your heart's racing during some of those scenes when it's just two people right. talking. And it's just they're talking about a marriage or, um, like, just, I guess, maybe killing someone, you know, or I don't know. But, like, it's – they're talking about something serious. But it's just two people sitting in a chair having a conversation. You're like, oh, my god. I need to know what happens next now. I need to go to the next episode. And it's it's not – I don't know. It's not done to this level, really, anywhere else. Uh, much no. much else, I guess. Um no, this, this, this show was just a different level for so many seasons, man. It was so fucking mm. good. But uh, yeah, this is another goodie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, let's uh. One more before I on sign off here. Mm. Okay. Got a guilty pleasure? You got one for me? Mm. Okay. The only thing I could say, and I don't even know if it's that gu- it may be kind of guilty. It was a TV show. Um, I watched it through high school, and maybe it's just nostalgia, nostalgic, nostalgia reasons why I still kind of go back to it every now and then, I guess. But it was Vampire Diaries. Yeah, that falls under the category for sure. I feel like it does. Okay, good. And and that's why I kind of wanted to hold on to it, because this is the one I do, I do actually have some guilt for. But, like, I got, like, way too into Vampire Diaries, and then, like, there's a spinoff called The Originals. Oh yeah, which and is like a spinoff of that, that and shit. like I lo- like I got it, yeah. So like, I feel like that would be my actual guilty pleasure. Okay, um, I did. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, yeah, there is actually like one scene that I I will go back to, and it's uh in the originals, and it's like uh, it's kind of just like if I sometimes I'll watch like Vader's hallway scene if I ever just need like a a badass Star Wars moment, I'll just like watch mm. Vader just go off and just kill a cup, you know, or I don't know. Just sometimes that that happens, yeah, but there's an originals moment that's kind of like that, um, 
and it's I don't know. So that's like the guilty thing that I actually go back to. I don't really watch the show, but I watch that scene kind of mm-hmm. as a Vader hallway scene. Um, that's dope. With like the same admirance. You're like, no, no. God damn. If you care, like it's, it's, it's Klaus in the show. It's out of the originals and he's like the, the oldest and he's a hybrid. He's a werewolf and a vampire and he came that's out. That's a pretty dope idea. They had him all chained up and then he was like, nah, let me show you why I'm the most powerful one here. And then he kills pretty much everyone there. Um, so that's the scene. Yeah. I'm um, keeping a running you, notebook you of our of my question times and my and our answers and stuff. So that's why that's why I wanted your answer there. I said, "What's your guilty pleasure?" And I wrote the mm-hmm. Chainsmokers for me, and I wrote Vampire Diaries Universe for you in parentheses. Klaus, badass motherfucker. That covers it. There you go. Yeah, you got it. Um, yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Well, well, I guess I had to disclose that information, but that's okay. No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. out there. I don't judge you one bit. That's the thing. Is that like, like I said, I don't think anyone's enjoyment should ever be guilty. Um, mm. but there are certain things that just undeniably <laughs> fall under that category. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not good. It isn't good. Like, yeah, right. I know. Right. I know. That's how I feel about, good. like, for another yeah. example, I love the show One Tree Hill. That show's not good. Um, and it's, it's a teenage drama. It's super it's fucking It's just what dumb. you grow up with, you know? Yep. It's just, I, I it's watched really, it in high school. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. It's, you it's, just... it, your guilty pleasure stuff will typically be stuff you liked when you were in high school. Yeah. That you never really let go of. That you're kind of like, yeah, you know what? That makes me feel like yeah. I did when I was in high school, which is a nice little feeling. Um, if you liked high school, I did. But uh, regardless, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of comic book reviews, book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. I need to get my money up over there, do a, do a few more things. I'm about to start writing again, which I'm very excited to do. I need to find something I want to write about, though. So as soon as that happens, there will be a review there. I'm almost done with season six of Better Call Saul. So that might be my first endeavor over there as far as, as, far as a written review. Um, if you've watched it, that will be over there within the next couple weeks, probably within the next week. Um, Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening. If you're a Star Wars fan, we just talked Mandalorian Season 3 earlier today with the wonderful Claire De Janeiro. That was a great episode and a great conversation about uh, Season 3 of The Mandalorian and then comparing it with Seasons 1 and 2 in a ranking. Very fun. We've got our top 100 Star Wars characters. Uh, we've got Part 4 coming up tomorrow and Part 5 coming on Thursday. We are starting the Ahsokast on Wednesday, where we're discussing all the pivotal moments of Ahsoka Tano's journey as a character heading into the Ahsoka series in August. And this Wednesday is the Clone Wars movie. Very fun one. Can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, And Friday, we continue our comic book movie journey through film with Ben Affleck's Daredevil. So I'm excited for you all to hear that. and thank you so much for being here. We'll be back next week for Game of Thrones Season 3, Episode 7, The Bear and the Maiden Fair. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom, and chaos is a ladder.